It's Friday. Again. It sure is. And what that means. That almost, means that we're back. Yeah, I was almost disappointed that we weren't going to do another movie because I really wanted you to see this one. We'll have to watch it sometime, though. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Oh. But it's pretty good. Oh. In fact, I'll probably just tell you what it is. It's a Deadliest <laughs> Prey. That's all I'm going to say. Not like Deadliest Prey, like the book. No. Where, like, a man hunts a man in the jungle? No. I mean, that's the plot, basically, but it's not that. It's pretty good. I'll take your word for it. That's not what we're talking about today, though. No, today, uh, the topic at hand is another legend in game development history. I'd say. Yeah. Mr. Shinji Mikami. The purveyor of survival horror. The survival spooks. (laughs) (laughs) So this may be a smidge controversial to say, but I don't think I'd piss anyone off by saying this. Mikami is the father, the creator, the bringer. He is, as I said before, the purveyor of all things survival horror. It's like you could say Alone in the Dark. You could say Sweet Home even, maybe. But it's like saying like Wolfenstein 3D was like the father of first-person shooters. Mm-hmm. But Doom came along. Yeah. And really pushed it over the edge. See, that's just it. It's that, um... Resident Evil is doomed to that genre, I would say. Yeah, uh, but also Capcom coined the term survival horror with the release of the Resident Evil series. Right. So, we could go back and forth. I can see what you're saying, and I do agree. I won't deny you're right to say the things that you say. (laughs) I am the sayer of things. So he brought us the most iconic zombie horror in the history of gaming. He achieved this several times in his career, in fact. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about Resident Evil. This series created a deep footprint on the minds of gamers and developers the world over. A footprint that would never quite heal. And we see this sort of wound a lot with games that create a lot of nostalgia, which will hinder Mikami in the long run. So let us delve deep into the beginnings of this legend. In the late 1960s, before there was even a T-virus, there was a young boy growing up in the Yamaguchi prefecture of Honshu. He had dreams of being a Formula One driver that would ultimately be overcome by his obsession with horror. (laughs) Two of his biggest inspirations were Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Evil Dead, and honestly, who isn't inspired by these movies? I actually need to, I actually need to watch the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. (laughs) I like, I really meet the family. Yeah. Gotta meet the family. Gotta take care of back. Oh, yeah. Really get into the family! (laughs) Uh, (laughs) while growing up as a teenager, Mikami also studied kendo and karate because he's fucking rad. Mikami continued on to college studying product and merchandise. Oh, she studied karate when he was like 30. Yeah, like he didn't start until he was 30. He's like, I have to beat my nightmares with my fists. Karate teacher, like, vapes and, like, bangs his wife. (sighs) 
And he, he, has, he has to train hard to defeat him. <laughs> you will never win your wife back from me. It's his unorthodox. Kami, try harder. It's his unorthodox method of, you know. Damn. Like, I was teaching karate. Yeah, he also pays him every month. It's like he sees a lot of potential in him. So he's like, I'm going to fuck with your life. I'm going to fuck your wife until you learn better karate. Karate. And can best me. So. That's the best. That's the best. <laughs> Like, why isn't that a movie? Uh, I think it might be. Yeah, there was, um, I can't remember, I, it's been a long time since I watched it, there's a movie with Danny McBride called The Foot Fist Way. Oh, I remember hearing about it. And he plays like a karate instructor and his life's fucked up. Yeah, that's, that's karate. That's, that's... So, Shinji Mikami graduated in 1990 with a major in merchandise from Doshisha University and attended a graduate program hosted by Capcom which was short for capsule computers, as they had their start fixing and replacing arcade games before they got into gaming. After their presentation, Mikami went ahead and applied to Capcom, but got rejected. And then out of the blue, one week later, he was accepted while he was just still bumming out about the whole thing. He joined the team as a junior game designer that same year. I wish I had a badge that said that. Junior game designer. <laughs> At the game developers like tiny, it. tiny little star. Yeah, I give that to, like, kids. Yep. I'm like, well, you did real good designer. today, Timmy. We're gonna make you an honorary developer. He's like... Give yeah. him a sticker. Yeah. It's, like, handwritten. Oh, really, mister? Yeah, in wow. fact, all those ideas that you had for those video games are gonna make us millions. So, his first job was as a planner for Capcom Quiz... Hatena no Daiboken, a quiz game for the Game Boy. Uh, this this quiz game. Do you was... know what that translates to? No, I do not. All right, that's all right. I have no idea what that translates to. Uh, the game, however, the most important part about the game was that it essentially, it was oh god, it was such a bad money grab. All you did was uh, you'd have a question about some other Capcom game. Oh, it'd be like. What is the pattern on the shorts of the ghouls and goblins, ghosts and ghouls guy? <laughs> hey, uh, what's his name? Like, just different shit having to do with other Capcom games from around the area, or, uh, era, rather. But yeah, it was just questions about other Capcom games. So, this game was scheduled to be completed in only one month, but it took twice that long to finish. A third month was devoted to playtesting to ensure it was bug-free. It seems like a game you would give to, like, people that, like, sign up to your newsletter or something. Yeah, like, something that should be free. Yeah, like, hey, thanks for buying all our <laughs> games. Here's a dumb yeah. little quiz game for free. Like, yeah, because now you know. Because instead, they probably thought, oh, if they buy it and they can't get the answers right, they'll either play it a lot really? or they'll buy our other games yeah. so they know the answers. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't think that worked. Uh, so it, it took two months to actually finish the game, and then a third month was devoted to playtesting it to ensure it was bug-free, which is kind of funny considering the fact that it's literally just a quiz game. Yeah. Um, the delays almost caused Capcom to cancel the game altogether. Poor little quiz game. <laughs> Mikami's second title was Who Framed Roger Rabbit in Who 1991. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? The fuck me! Uh, this was, of course, for the Game Boy. This was a Disney-licensed side-scrolling adventure, and it took uh, about five months to complete. 
partly due to staff being moved to other projects midway into development because they didn't give a fuck really about it. Do you know it. if that was like a straight port of the NES or just kind of like a toned down, like did it play differently? Uh, I'm sure that it probably played differently. Because I mean, like, I know we like, mentioned it, like the Turok Game Boy games were like substantially different than the N64 one. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they, can't, they can't make a first person shooter. I'm kind of getting off track here, but... But yeah, no, I'm they're still, they're. I'm, I'm imagining that they are probably going to be 100% different for the most part. I mean, it's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's it's the one linear story. Because yeah, like in the NES game, you like had to walk around town and like use items on things and like. Yeah, this. I mean, it just this little side-scrolling adventure. So okay. it's probably just a toned-down version of the SNES version. Super or is regular. Uh, regular NES uh, game title there. Uh, so this, of course, uh, had a lot of chaos because the whole team was getting moved around to other projects while this game was being made. So the remaining staff had to take on jobs outside of their focus to make up for the losses. And in the end, uh, it was so bad that they decided they weren't going to release it in Japan. Um, which I'm not even sure if that movie was even... Like, if that even did well in Japan, did Yeah, was that, like, a thing in Japan? Yeah. <laughs> I know, like, a friend of like, it's pretty well loved over here, but, like... Yeah, I mean... Kinda. I mean, like, not everybody knows about it, you know? It's one I of those it things. I, well, my, like, I watched it, too. Like, I saw it on TV when yeah, I was my growing up. Yeah, liked it a lot when we grew up, and we had, like, a... I think, like, a VHS rip off of TV. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't have at least, like, three weird-ass... We had Return to Oz, always just sitting around, and it had like this creepy fucking uh, penned caricature of a wheeler from the film, which if you've seen that, you know that they're absolutely fucking terrifying. I had a fucking sick-ass double feature, mm-hmm. um, Puppet Master, oh. and then Child's Play 2. Dude, I fucking hate hated puppet master because i don't i like i don't do like dolls Pre- and... you know, like preppets <laughs> did i show you the uh, thunderbird six puppet hell probably not okay <laughs> <laughs> in 1992 <laughs> mikami was assigned with the development of an unnamed formula one racing game which is probably like his dream you know, like, he fucking loved Formula One racing. Like, cars what go fast? Yeah, yeah. And the game was canceled after eight months of development. Um, this was kind of talked about briefly in an interview where Mikami explained that his love for racing got the better of him, and the staff became wary of such an unnecessarily long development time. And I can kind of see him just not really being satisfied ever, like, enough with the game, like, no, it's not realistic enough, it's not... The fact that technology blah, blah. wasn't really there yet? No, yeah, exactly, it's kind of a goofy thing to be, you know, looking looking at this, like, uh, it doesn't even say what system this was for, but it doesn't really matter, because whether it's Genesis, SNES, anything yeah. like that, in 1992, you're not going to get that. So, he, uh, that probably made him pretty bitter, pretty uh, frustrated with the whole thing. But overall, Capcom gave it the can. And they're like, alright, so here's the next game you're going to work on. You're going to work on Aladdin for the Super Nintendo. And Mikami considered that a punishment for his handling of the racing game. He was only given three months as far as the deadline goes. And this was so that the company could make back the money it lost on the cancellation of the Formula One game. 
Mikami's next project was a third Disney game. Goof Troop! An action-adventure game for the SNES, bitch! Sorry your Formula 1 game didn't work out. Work on these Disney games, shitlord. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, Goof Troop had... It was received really well. I mean, Capcom made good Disney games. Yeah, they really did. I mean, like, we could talk about Aladdin for a long fucking like time, too. like an NES classic. Mm-hmm. There was really fucking good games. Uh, and then now Disney makes... Oh, fucking... What was that, like... They own everything, so, I mean, we can't necessarily shit out... They probably own us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to tell you, we actually got picked up by them. <laughs> I'm gonna be now. so rich. No. Oh. <laughs> we have to pay them. Of course we do. After the release of Goof Troop, Mikami began development in 1993 of a whole themed adventure game for the PlayStation set in a haunted mansion named Biohazard. What a mansion! What a mansion! Originally conceived as a remake of Sweet Home. An earlier Famicom game by Capcom based on the Japanese horror film of the same name. Mm-hmm. Now, Biohazard was initially conceived by Sweet Home director Tokuru Fujiwara, and he entrusted Mikami, who was initially reluctant because he hated being scared. But it was because he understood what's frightening, which is kind of funny coming from a guy who has this childhood where he's like fucking checking out. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Evil Dead. Yeah. He talks about later uh, drawing a lot of inspiration from George A. Romero's uh, Dead films. Uh, just kind of like, boy, you hate being scared. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe he, like, watched those to, like, get inspired to do the horror games. That could have been it, yeah. But at the same time, you know, like, yeah. uh,. I mean, You're I the guess one that did you know. The research. <laughs> yeah, it's more like he understands what's scary. Yeah, and like he probably liked those films for like the filmography, but he's he's very much so like your straightforward guy. I really don't want to use the word milk toast. This dude's soy kind sauce. of milk toast. Yeah, he's soy sauce as fuck, bitch. Um, I guess I'd I'd want to see like a horror movie made by someone who's like super afraid of everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like. But, I mean, you know, in that way, wouldn't it come out goofy? Yeah, that's why I want Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, that's probably what you're getting at. But... Like, oh, man, this person's afraid of the sound that, uh, that gets made when, like, people open their car doors. <laughs> and now he's trying to walk alone to his car in the parking garage. It's the worst time of the day. Oh, oh and it's, no. And it's rush hour. And it's rush hour. <laughs> Good lord. So... Mikami said that Biohazard was a response to his disappointment with Zombie, a gory 1979 film by Italian director Lucio Fulci. Mikami was determined to make a game with none of the failings of the movie. And uh, you had just brought up the movie Zombie uh, when we were talking about the research that I had done on this this episode. Mm. And you say honestly, like, it's not... It's, it's not bad. The weird thing about the zombie film is that I think in uh, I think in Italy it was called Zombie Two. Um, yeah, because it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, like uh, like what do I want to say? It was oh, 
Not like a spiritual successor. But sort of, kind of. It was the unregistered it's, sequel yeah, it's, to it's, whatever it's, the fuck you want to call it, honestly. Yeah, it's really weird. For lack of a better term, the guy decided to make his own fucking sequel to George A. Romero's Donald Living Dead. Yeah. And so he made Zombie, which was banned in the UK for being obscene. I think they call it Zombie Flesh Eaters in the UK. The, the movie's really weird. It has like four different titles. Yeah. Three different titles, probably. Mm-hmm. Like Zombie in the yep. US. Zombie 2. Yeah, with a Zombie flesh eaters. Yeah, zombie. 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 I'd watch that. (laughs) I want to watch Ugandan zombie. 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 One and two. So the resulting game became Biohazard, an action adventure game with combined 3D polygonal characters and objects with pre-rendered backgrounds and featured zombies, among other monsters, heavily influenced by George A. Romero's zombie films. The game was retitled Resident Evil during its English localization under Capcom USA's suggestion and was released in Japan and North America on March 22, 1996 and became one of the PlayStation's first successful titles. It was the first game to be dubbed a survival horror, a term Capcom coined to promote the game. It was later ported to the Sega Saturn. And uh, that is truly when the nightmare began. <laughs> like, uh, people found that they fucking loved horror games with that. And I mean, it, it was more like, I don't know, I want to say it started with Resident Evil. I want to say it did. But it was more like... Yeah, there were certainly horror games before that. Yeah. And I would also probably side with somebody saying like, yeah, I wouldn't say that. Probably Director's Cut. Or, you know, Resident Evil 2. When oh. things get cleaned up. Well, I mean, I think Director's Cut, all that really changed was like, they made like an arrange mode. Mm-hmm. Where like, just the solutions to the game, like items are in different placement. Yeah. Uh, they had like a rookie mode. Or beginner mode, where, like, you can go into the item box and, like, grab all the weapons in the game and, like, a shit ton of ammo. Um, I think, I think, uh, the director's cut release also added auto-aim. The original Resident Evil did not have auto-aim. No, you just had, like, forward, down, and up, and then you had to do your your tank controls turning in place. really made that game a lot more difficult than it should have been. One of those games that literally is difficult because of the controls. Yeah. Um, not yeah. necessarily a, a, a bad thing. It is now. Because with, like, the old, like, older Resident Evil games, like, you kind of become accustomed to just, like, okay, like, I'm going to turn this corner, and before the camera changes, I'm just going to hold R1, and then yep. I snap into the position, then I know there's danger. Exactly. Yeah, being able to, uh, like, kind of face like, one direction, then you snap R1, and they turn to the right really fast. You're like, okay. It's kind of right. like the way you learn to, like game or game the system game the game you know what I'm yeah, saying yeah you gotta game the system game the game <laughs> I would agree though uh, it's just kind of I mean, one of those things like the remake yeah but the thing is that it, it what it did was um, it provoked a caution from players that they didn't have in other games kind of like a sense of dread it's like what's around this corner yes 
do I, I have enough ammunition? Yeah, like, should I use it? Yep. Am I going to run out of saves yeah. <laughs> in this fucking game? Which, if you play, like, the old Resident Evils and run out of saves, you're doing it wrong. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, but that's just it. It's like, I remember being really young and playing Resident Evil and just being so absolutely fucking terrified yeah. that I was saving I all the watch, fucking time. Yeah, I couldn't watch my brother play Resident Evil 2. Just too fucking spooky. It's a little too much for my young blood. Yeah, it was scary as hell. And uh, so, uh, his directing credits include not just Resident Evil, of course, and of course this is in chronological order. So, yes, Resident Evil in 1996, Dino Crisis in 1999, not Resident Evil 2, not Resident Evil 3, Mm -hmm. not Code Veronica. Nope. Resident Evil remake in 2002 for the GameCube, which is probably my favorite, probably by far favorite, like old school yeah. like style Resident Evil, and is in my top five favorite video games of all time. <laughs> so uh, then we also had product number three or Piano Three, which uh, I didn't know that anyone else in the world actually bought this game besides right. me. <laughs> I remember like reading about it. I was like, I kind of want to check that out. I don't even remember how I found it. I remember playing it. Yeah. Like, even where I found it. Like, how I purchased it. But, uh... I'll go into that game briefly. Yeah. But, uh... It's strange. And then we had Resident Evil 4 for the GameCube in 2005. God Hand! In 2006. God Hand fucking rules. God Hand fucking rules so hard. Vanquish in 2010. And Evil Within in 2014. He had several credits as producer in his professional life. Some of the most famous titles include Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, and Code Veronica, the Dino Crisis series, Devil May Cry, and Beautiful Joe, which, of course, a lot of those names here and there that I've already listed are all part of the Capcom 5. But before we go into, like, that era of the GameCube and the wonder that is the Capcom 5, which is actually the Capcom 4... Um, oh shit's got canceled. Got canned. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna briefly talk about Piano 3, and then if you wanna briefly talk about God Hand, um, and then we'll kinda talk about Vanquish for a little bit before we kinda continue. Just so that we can touch on those games uh now, because I think that otherwise we'll probably, probably forget. Com- yeah, we'll we'll forget. fucking forget about yeah. them. Cause there's still uh we still have a lot to talk about as far as Mikami's yeah. considered. So, starting off with product number three, you played as a chick named Vanessa. It was like Vanessa, I feel like she had like a... She had a last name, but that doesn't matter. You never hear it. They pretty much just like, Vanessa, I'm your AI, show me your booty. And so like this Vanessa chick is wearing like, yeah, there's constantly this cool bomb ass techno music playing and she's like tapping her foot to the beat and like she'll fucking like snap her fingers to the beat too it didn't feel like a mikami game (laughs) it felt like a kamiya game (laughs) 110 percent he'd been hanging out with him a bunch he probably drunkenly told him like this he's like yo you know it'd be a really cool idea though you get this really hot chick, you put her in a really skin-tight suit. In the but future. You can, yeah, in the future. Of course. And you just mash the A button like you're fucking jerking it, and you blow up robots yeah. because she shoots laser beams out of her hands while she dances. Yeah, like, do it, like, in tune to the music, practically. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, she had a lot of cool acrobatics. So the monsters she fought were actually just robots, and they all looked like little babby fucking Metal Gear 
and uh, there weren't too many variations. Like the bosses were kind of cool, uh-huh. but and then I on top like, of that, I remember hearing the game was just really, really, really repetitive. Yeah, but like if you're and like dull and like samey. If you're me, you played that thing all the way through yeah, to the end. I would. I feel like if I picked that game up, I would probably like sit down and play the whole thing. I mean, it literally is just like moving around, dodging it's, lasers. It seems like a rhythm-based shooter version of Resident Evil Four. It really is. Like, I think I want to say they use like the same like. I mean, it looks it looks like the same, same like, and she moves a lot like Leon, other than her acrobatics that mm-hmm. she does, which are closer to like Dante. Uh, where she's, like, backflipping, front-flipping, spinning side-to-side, all that shit, where she's, like, very, very agile. But you're not really using anything other than the A button to shoot. Yeah. Like, that's all you're really doing is you're shooting out palm lasers. And you get upgrades to your suit. It's cool. Uh, the story basically isn't there, and all of the uh, maps look the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's all just, like, white and silver futuristic lab area. Yeah. And so, I, I remember watching, like, Adam Sessler on a fucking extended play talk about how he you could just get lost in one fucking four-hallway level because you can't tell if you got turned around or not. Because <laughs> yeah. every, every room looks the same. So, Piano 3, though, for some reason has, like, a close place to my heart. I have no idea why. I like you Devil May Cry too. So yeah, and it's like someone could be like, "Dude, Piano Three was garbage." I'd be like, "Yeah, you're garbage." <laughs> I'd be like, "Yeah, that's true. I love it." Yeah, you know, I love that fucking garbage. You can't, you can't help it when you like something, man. Right. So <laughs> I wish I could stop doing smack, but I love <laughs> smack. <laughs> so I like the way it makes me feel. <laughs> so Brentford, tell me about Godhand. God hand, you want to know about God? It's, it's like a third person over the shoulder beat him up. Mm-hmm. The God of War ripped off. Yep. Just now. Just now. <laughs> and come boy. You boy. It's like a guy. No way. Yep. Who? <laughs> Tell me more. Who gets his arm chopped off and somehow gets like a super powerful arm sewed back onto it? The God hand. And you can do all sorts of, like, he, he's also really good at martial arts now. Mm-hmm. Because he's got the god hand. And it's just a super over-the-top, goofy as hell. It's pretty much like uh, Fist of the North Star, as far as, like, over-the-topness <laughs> yeah. goes. But it's also got a lot of that kind of corny Japanese comedy to You're it, like too. You're, like, dragon-kicking people into the stratosphere so you become little, like, twinkling stars as they disappear. Um, what's the uh, fastball? Yeah, you you line up a pitch. You know, you like kind of like dust his feet. You know, in the in the dirt and uh-huh. like just like nods and like shakes his head, like he's like signaling to the pitcher, and then just like lifts his foot way high up in the air. And just oh fucking... yeah, it goes over his fucking head. <laughs> yeah, and then he fucking throws like, a ball. Oh, I think one of my favorite moves in that game is when like you're fighting like the the whip women. Oh yes, and like you you grab him and he like throws him over their his leg and like you have to like mash circle really quick to like spank him a bunch. Yeah, you spank him like a hundred times. You could do it and to like, like the, pretty much everyone, but and like the sound effects for it are just so hilarious. Like <laughs> until it and just, then, like, just goes one, over like, the top. Big, huge, like spank that like knocks him across the stage. Yeah, and then of course it's like, just so ridiculous. Yeah, like, and, and also, you could also uh, formulate what combos you wanted yeah, to you, do. You built your own combos basically. Yeah, it was really cool. 
Yeah, like, um, oh, you want to do this punch for this button this many times yeah. to lead into this? Like, like, this button combination does this move? Yeah, and it's just, like, that's something that we don't necessarily see very often at all. It's very far in between. It's brutally difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a difficulty that adjusts to how well you're doing. If you're oh, doing yeah. well, the game gets harder. Because you get, like, level one, level two, I remember three, and then level die. <laughs> I, I think I saw you get to level die at one point, point. you're like, this isn't good. Like, like, you were kicking ass, and you were, like, having fun. I was like, wow, dude, this is really cool. And it's just like, die. <laughs> it was like, what's that mean? You're like, nothing good. And then it just fucking like, smoked get, your ass. Yeah, the enemies start using, like, powerful moves. They get more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, like, some kind of unforgiving checkpointing, which kind of yep. bars the game. But, like, at the same time, it's like, I never felt, like, pissed off that I was losing. Right. Also, I was doing, like, challenge, like, dungeon things. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, do this fast. Yeah. Do this without dying. Fuck you. Do this without getting hit. Some pretty tough but fun boss, boss fights. Oh, I, I like the, the enemy design's really goofy. Because they're just, like, Fist of the North Star enemies, pretty much. Yeah, they all have, like, giant mohawks, chains, and spikes, and yeah. they're wearing leather and denim. I like the one where you're, like, uh, like... You have this dude in, like, a headlock. Uh-huh. And you're just doing this, like, quick, like, mash circle to, like, crunch him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you do, like, one final crunch. And you just, just, like, zoom up on their faces. And, like, the guy's just, he looks like he's smiling. <laughs> and, like, your other guy's just, like, screaming. It's, I don't know, it just looks really fun. I can't describe it. The words just don't do it justice. <laughs> guy is really good. It needs a sequel or, like, an update. Something. Something. That would be really it fantastic. Be, like, I'd buy it. Best. I'd, I'd buy it. I'll buy it right now. So let's talk about the Capcom 5 briefly. I, I played Dino Crisis. Oh, you played Dino Crisis? Strong opening. All right. And then it's it should have been better than it was. Yeah. It, because it's like, you probably go into that game, like, I played Resident Evil. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm kind of used to its tricks. Mm-hmm. Dino Crisis... Um, you're fighting dinosaurs, obviously. If you could I was going to say, are you fighting dinosaurs in Dino Crisis? You sure are. Um, ammo is a lot, actually a lot more scarce. That's um, awful if you're fighting dinosaurs. Um, I feel like they can eat bullets. One, yeah, yeah. Like, one thing you can do, you can, like, you can move and shoot in Dino Crisis. Mm-hmm. As in Resident Evil, you're, you know, you're standing planted. But yeah, you know, you could, like... Even, like, shotgun, pistol, you can, like, mm-hmm. step back, and, like, you can hold your gun up and, like, walk. Cool protagonist, mm-hmm. like, Regina. I was gonna say, wasn't it some, like, redheaded chick? Yeah, she's pretty cool. Except she doesn't get enough development. Right, uh, she's kind of two-dimensional. She appears in, like, the second game. Uh-huh. The second game just kind of said, fuck it, and went, like, all out, like... Crazy. Goofy action game, and then, like, yeah. the third one, just like, okay, now it's, like, a thousand years in the future, in space... And the dinosaurs travel through time. Okay. Yeah, and time and space. Yeah, it's, it's. Oh, yep. And so like Shinji Mikami didn't touch anything but Dino Crisis One, really. Yeah. Oh, let's see what else. Do you want to talk about Evil Within now, or? Um, as far as like. I, or Vanquish. Vanquish. Let's see here. What to talk about with Vanquish? Okay, so. I was in a time where I was looking for a mech game, and ultimately I bought Vanquish and I bought uh, Armored Core 5, and I put in Vanquish and uh, played a little bit of it. It was pretty like, nah. Hey, you weren't really feeling it super. Uh, 
got my fix out of Armored Core 5 because that's a true mech game. Yeah, it's like actual, yeah. It's an actual mech game. And then uh, about like a few years later, I was like, you know what, dude? Like, Vanquish is actually, like, that sounds like a cool idea. Like, I saw some more on it. I ended up buying it digitally, popped it back in, and you're just like, you're at the helm with Sam Gideon. He's a, as you would call them, uh, like... Kind of a nothing asshole. asshole. Yeah, he's a nothing asshole. I like him, th- I still <laughs> like him, though, because it's like... I like I like Japanese developers' takes on like cool guy Americans, right? Because like I don't know, they, I, something about it is the flavor they give them. Yeah, like uh, I I've been trying to like I showed you a little bit of that uh, Garu vanishing line. Yeah. The dude that like is on the motorcycle and shit, he's American as fuck. <laughs> like that is America. His name is Sword, and he likes motorcycles. Big, he fucking big titties. he fucking. Praise to boobies. He like thanks God for boobies that are thanks in front for his of him. Bountiful bosom. In bosom front in front of me. Yeah, like, and that's. I mean, I, we don't really get to see that with Sam Gideon, but I kind of feel like that's the same guy, um, essentially. I do like in the training. Like, there's a you. I can't remember her name now, but like your your Anya of the game. Yeah, your Anya Stroud of the of Vanquish. <laughs> um, yeah, you you do like a train. Like the game's tutorial is pretty cool because it's like. All right, Sam, we're just going to run through some diagnostics on your suit, make sure everything's working properly, make sure you know how to use it. He's like, mm-hmm. And Sam's like, oh, come on, I've done this like a hundred times. Like, I got things to do today. We're like, All right, yeah, just skip through it. Look at this target. And after that, he's like, hey, uh, Anya. <laughs> I was going to call her Anya because I can't remember her name. <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> hey, girl. You want to go grab, some, grab a drink later? Like... That's pretty much how he talks. Yeah. Like, I'm really not, like, fucking up here. Yeah, he literally talks with, like, his balls. Yeah. He reaches down into his balls for his voice. Yeah, like... Oh, he's like, I'm with DARPA. I don't listen to you jarheads, like... <laughs> and he's, uh, he's confined to a metal suit. That, like, enhances his reflexes, which is how they explain, like, the game's bullet time. Yep. So, like, you can, uh, I do like the suit. The, the suit suit's fucking really cool. cool. You slide around pretty much at, like, whenever the fuck you want to. Like, rock stars sliding. They're sliding on your side. And, like, uh, playing that game on the PC and, like, using mouse aim was, like, a mm-hmm. revelation. Oh, yeah, it's because you get to go bullet time, and then you get the nice, quick, smooth I had, I aiming. Did, I did some pretty sweet shit. And so that's just it. It's and like, it's you know, you go into bullet time, you can just tear enemies apart. You can, like, target missiles, like, individually and shoot them out of the air. You've got your own, like, suits, uh, self-defense systems. You've got I a truly, pretty good, like, array of weapons. Like, his, uh, his weapon, it's like a DARPA contraption that, like, mm-hmm. uh, like molds itself into whatever weapon. It's, it, like, yeah, it becomes mm-hmm. weapons. Like, so, you, like, your melee... Every uh, firearm has its own melee yep. attack. Like, you're a saw rifle, like, you can just mash B, and, like, you just do, like, machine gun punches, which mm-hmm. you never really use on anything. No, I mean, cool. they're cool, but, yeah, like, if you actually... If someone used that effectively... Uh, there was a really cool, like, uh, kind of boss fight where you're fighting this, like, giant, like, enemy, like, robot. Mm-hmm. And there's a part where you jump on top of it, and, like, you have to, like... Uh, it's twirl the stick, like one, like one of the sticks, probably mm-hmm. the left stick, and he starts like pirouetting on top of it, and you go like so fast that you like drill through the robot. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, yeah, dude, fuck it. So yeah, you got to keep in mind that this is gonna be over the top. I mean, it is like it's a platinum game. It's a platinum it's seriously game. One of the, like going back, to, it's like really like one of the more like fresher like third person shooters I've ever played. 
Oh yeah, so if you're looking for something like something a little different, but you uh, you like a shooter, or perhaps like you've been playing too many action adventure games and you want to try out a shooter, dude, go pick up Vanquish. Yeah, like you want a break from playing Skyrim again. Yeah. This I, know, I gotta get in and dig at Skyrim, I guess. Yeah, or you know, playing dungeon crawlers. You're playing too much Diablo, whatever. <laughs> playing too much Crypt of the Serpent King. <laughs> <laughs> I can't beat all the goblins. Uh, but yeah, no. Weird, like poser goblins. Poser goblins. Like, I feel like they're just gonna sprout like giant dicks at any moment. Glenn Groblin like, oh, it's cock. This kind of game, isn't it? <laughs> oh no! Do I want to lose eyebrow raise? <laughs> But yeah, no, go check out Vanquish. It's actually really fun. I think that it, I honestly feel like it holds up. Um, it is going to look a little goofy because this was an Xbox 360 era game. Yeah. But uh, you should be able to just find it for like two bucks. And the PC port looks really good. Yeah, or yeah, you could, if you're a PC gamer, go get it on PC and it'll look great at, you know, ultra settings or whatever the fuck you're probably using. So, uh, otherwise... Probably save you with him for last, because that, that yeah. was probably the last, that's like the last game he's worked on, right? Uh, as director, yes. Yeah. As director, his uh, his last directing credit so far, uh, he's only about, I want to say... It's probably the last like big game that like he really had his name mm-hmm. attached to. He's in his mid-50s now, so we'll just say, for now, that's what his, uh, his latest directing credit was, which was released in 2014. Uh-huh. So let's um let's briefly talk about the Capcom I came out Five. Four years ago, man. Yeah, Sorry exactly. Sorry to that in there. Yeah. Feeling old. So the Capcom Five, Brent. What what were uh, the Capcom Five? Resident Evil Four. Yep. Killer Seven. Yes, sir. Love it. Piano Three. Loved it. Um. Beautiful Joe. Beautiful Joe, and then. Dark Phoenix? Uh, I Dead believe... Phoenix. Dead Phoenix. Dead Phoenix. Yeah. A game that never, never happened. was. Yes. Uh, which was pretty much just supposed to be a fucking stupid shmup where you played as a dude with wings. Like some... Pan- you said it was like Panzer Dragoon? It was Panzer Dragoon. That's exact. It I was would, I Panzer would play Dragoon. That. I mean, uh, did you play that... It was like Crimson Dragon on the Xbox One? Yeah, because uh, like we saw it and we were like, hey, let's grab that. Uh, which also, small side note to yeah. nobody here, Ikaruga is coming out on the fucking Switch here in like a week. Of course it is. And it's like $12. That shit's already in my cart. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, if you've played things like Panzer Dragoon or uh, Crimson Dragon or fucking whatever the hell it was, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a third person shmup, it's you versus big enemies while the entire environment's moving around you. Shoot, 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 dodge, 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 and then you suck. Um, yeah, it wasn't great. It got canceled uh, probably what seemed like about three to four months before it was actually supposed to release. It got canned in uh, May of 2003, if I remember right, and it was uh, set to release in the middle of 2003, uh, which, of course, we already got Piano 3 out of the way, Uh Resident Evil 4, holy shit. Do we want to spend some time talking about that? It's I gonna think be... that we could take it briefly. You you say that like he was disappointed with like that the horror was becoming like horror action games? Yeah, that was something that he, he had said. But maybe uh, that was like after Resident Evil 4? It was far after Resident Evil 4. Because like Resident Evil 4 
is action survival is horror. Action I would horror. actually take out survival in Resident Evil because... I mean, yeah, you do have to worry about ammo, but enemies drop it a lot. If you run out of ammo in Resident Evil 4, you're playing that game very wrong. Yeah, or you just suck really bad yeah. at aiming. I mean, like, when I first played Resident Evil 4, there was, like, a... Kind of like a... Oh, I was terrified. Like, Future Shock. Yeah. Or, like... Oh, yeah. Looking shock. at Leon's hair, for one, I was like, whoa. What? And, like, looking at the clothes... I was like... I had to, like... I stopped, like, right when it started. And, like, he's wearing his jacket. And I, like, went up to the TV. And I was like, I can tell that his fucking jacket is made out of fur and leather. <laughs> like, looking at it, I can tell what he's wearing. And I can tell which way the wind is blowing. Because his hair is moving. Yeah. Like, it was that kind of shit. Like, that's... Like that, and, like, just... it played radically different from every previous Resident Evil game. Yep. Uh, third person over the shoulder. Yeah. It, like, pretty much, pretty every, much a lot of games would come to copy. Yep, exactly. I mean, like, it uh, It wasn't just a Resident Evil game. This was a game that broke a lot of gamers because uh, I would say that there's still a vast majority of gamers out there that if you ask them what their favorite game was, uh, they might respond with Resident Evil 4. Like you can't really blame them. It's yeah, series of probably one of them, like probably like the most like well made like action like game ever. Oh yeah, exactly. With uh, some of the most terrifying enemies, some of the best actual if we're dialogue. About horror. Yeah. The, probably the only part I would feel like truly like uneasy and terrified mm -hmm. uh, was when you ran into the regenerators. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, and they can't die. You know until you learn how to kill them. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, all right, you want to get scary now? But yeah, I don't know, like, uh, Resident Evil 4, like, uh, none of the locales, I feel like, never overstay their welcome. No, and, like, when you got to come back, you were like, oh, boy, I sure hope there aren't a whole bunch of traps here. And there were more than likely a fucking dickload of traps like things, everywhere. I think it, the game, uh, it changes up, like, the enemy types mm -hmm. enough and, like, what's going on. It, you think that you're saving the president's daughter, that it'd become too much of an escort mission, but, like, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, I don't know, this game is, it really, uh, holds up still to this day. If we're gonna talk about Resident Evil 4 right now. <laughs> right, uh, and of course, uh, you play as Leon S. Kennedy from Resident Evil 2, mm -hmm. uh, which, that game and the character itself was created by Hideki Kamiya. Um... So, I mean, a lot of people were already attached to the character. So it's like, you're fucking smart for making this game. Yeah. You bring back a character that actually had a lot of love already. And, um... And then brought back Ada. And you bring back Ada. Yeah. Which was, like... And, of nice course, dynamic. later, also Wesker. And then you throw in, um, someone from... He wasn't... I mean, he, kind of, he had a very minimal presence. Very minimal, but, you know, my biggest, um, memory as far as Resident Evil goes is playing a fuckload of mercenaries okay. as well. So, I mean, like, you know, he has a little bit more of a presence in there, being that he is one of the few characters that you can play in that. But as far as the story goes, you know, he's just there. But, you know, you're thinking, okay, I if think, Ada's here... I think he really only turns up in, like, the assignment the, Ada, which yep. apparently is super totally not canon, but uh, you're thinking of separate ways. Separate ways, which yeah. Which is, like, the actual Ada campaign, where yep. it's... Leon's story, but uh, Ada's in the shadows kind of fucking around. Yeah, she's the one who's like, oh, this door is unlocked. Oh, this thing is I'm gonna set here. I'm going to shoot the bell. Yep, exactly. 
Huh, strange. But uh, so in Resident Evil Four, he's voiced <laughs> by uh, Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. So he's voiced by uh, Paul Mercier uh, in Resident Evil Four. Matt Mercer in Resident Evil Six: Damnation and uh, Vendetta. So he, Matthew Mercer is actually the later voice of uh, Leon S. Kennedy, which is strange. I always thought that it was. Uh, I thought he had voiced uh, Leon S. Kennedy in uh, Resident Evil Four as well. Um, Matt Mercer. Mm-hmm. Did he do Resident Evil 4, Leon? Uh, it says here that he's actually credited just with Resident Evil 6. I'm so confused right now. Right. I mean, I'm looking at the English voice actor. I know the Resident Evil 2 voice actor is not the Resident Evil Paul 4. Paul Haddad did, uh... Yeah. Um, or Hadded. I'm not sure. I, yeah, H-A-D-D-A-D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, straight up, just Resident Evil 6, Leon. He sounds uncanny. Yeah. To that Paul Mercier. Yeah. Like I didn't think that his voice actor had changed. I. <laughs> and the names are too similar. Yeah, Mercier Mercer. Matt Mercer has a huge list of things that he has done, and uh, didn't he? Okay, didn't he also do the voice of um? Uh, Joe Taro Kujo. Uh, Kujo. Didn't he do like a Persona Four Arena Kanji? Let's when, see uh, here. Fucking uh, other big voice actor. He did Striker's voice acting for uh, Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah. He did Zvi in Soul Calibur Five. He voices Bayman. Wow. <laughs> he did uh, Crum in uh, Awakening, which is just a fantastic fucking it's good fire, fire emblem. emblem. Safe uh, fire emblem. Walter in SMT Four. Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, Kanji Tatsumi in uh, Persona Four Arena Ultimax. Arena, not. Golden or four, because I was a uh... somebody else. He also no, it's it's a it's a big boy. Uh, Troy Baker. Oh, Troy Baker did Kanji in the old one. Oh, damn! And then he went ahead and took over for him in uh, that game as well as Persona Q. Uh, yeah, he's got just a shitload. Like seriously. If you don't know who uh, who Matt Mercer is, There's like holy fuck! Three voice actors to get in every fucking game. <laughs> Troy Baker, Nolan North, <laughs> fucking Matt Mercer. Yep, and then uh, otherwise uh, Yuri Lowenthal. Yeah, Yuri Lowenthal. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're like always fighting each other for work. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's just whoever shows up first has the job. Yeah, so they're just like racing through town to get to the studio, throwing banana peels at each other and yeah. shit, releasing oil slicks from their hands. I don't know. Uh, they're like skating like through like downtown and like rollerblading. Yeah, did you get see, on my weight, punk? Yeah, do you see Blades of Fury? Like the like Ice the skating yeah Ferrell movie yeah and John Hitter yeah yeah. Or did you see that there's like a skate chase? Oh yeah, there is. That's probably like my favorite that. scene in the movie. <laughs> so Resident Evil Four not only had like some of the best voice acting and some of the most talented voice acting and actually good writing, uh, some of the best gameplay. It's like it's it's serious enough, but also like the right amount of cheesy. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because you think that Which is Leon like Resident Evil Kennedy. One is like goofy ass writing and like yeah. really fucking cheesy voice, and like the seriousness is only brought in by the awful scenarios you find yourself in. Yeah. Uh, whereas in Resident Evil 4, it's the perfect marriage of both of those things. And, uh, you can lose yourself. I have probably still somewhere, uh, a memory card for my GameCube where I have one game that has seven straight playthroughs on it on just one save. 
Like, it's just stupid how many times. Like, running around with the Chicago typewriter with the mafia suit with fucking Ashley in that, like, knight armor or whatever the fuck. Uh, Definitely remember the infinite launcher. (laughs) Having, like, all my guns souped the fuck up. Just, you know, Resident Evil 4 things. Yeah. If I... Oh, my God. Yeah, Resident Evil 4. I foolishly sold my GameCube copy. Oh, man. Because I was trying to save up for an Xbox 360. <laughs> oh. And that's just it, is that Resident Evil 4 had a, kind of a big... It caused a big problem with uh, Shinji Mikami, yeah. didn't it? Because he had developed this game for the GameCube exclusively. Not even sure why. I don't know why he wanted it to be an exclusive title. However, that didn't last. So, I mean, like, the GameCube was like a Resident Evil machine for the most part. It was, because we also got the remake. And Zero. And Nemesis. Yeah, they... they and ported, Veronica. They ported two. And two. I don't... I, I don't think Veronica came out on GameCube, did I it? have a copy of okay. it. Okay, uh, never mind, never mind. Like <laughs> Code Veronica X, then? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I suppose the PS2 had, like, Outbreak. Uh. Yeah. Uh, which... You know, if they like did like a HD re-release of that mm-hmm. and actually had like online voice chat, yeah, that'd be a solid release. Yeah, yeah, and we could like call it Operation Raccoon City. <laughs> Ooh, it's a zinger, dude! I played. I, I I bought that Operation Raccoon City. Oh, I was like, I just want to. It was like really cheap. Oh, okay. So I was like, this was fuck after it. it had been proven to have bombed. Yeah, I was like, fuck it. I'll play this dumbass game. And yeah, it's a dumbass game. <laughs> so let's not even talk about fucking uh, what was that? Survival. Uh, no, that one, they, Umbrella Core. Ugh. Oh, the the Wii games. No. Or no, no, just Umbrella Core. Yeah. Came out like two or three years ago. Yeah, that was bad. I played it. I played it. I can't remember if I had a, if I had gotten my hands on a solid copy of it, or if I had a demo or something and when William Birkin comes out it's just so fucking bad you're thinking of Operation Raccoon City am I? yeah then what the fuck am I thinking with you said Umbrella Chronicles? Umbrella Core Core? you don't even remember it was like a 3 versus 3 online game oh yeah okay cause then the zombies could like come out and like fuck with the match shit like that okay yeah cause it Okay, I remember seeing it, and I was like, did this game already come out? And thinking about Operation Raccoon City. It, that's... Why? Money. <laughs> like but can... I, that had to have been a loss. <laughs> what, why? Why? Because Capcom, like Konami, likes to uh, commit seppuku. Capcom is not on Konami's level yet. No, not yet, but they've done some things to take them their cells like themselves Where they down shoot a couple themselves pegs. In the foot. Yeah. yeah, and be and then they scream looking around, Who did this? <laughs> Who killed Resident Evil? <laughs> yeah, Who killed Resident Evil? Yo man, that shit's fucked up. But yeah, no, uh we can we can talk about where his legacy is now, like what it turned into. Um you know, since we've already brought in those brought those games up, we can talk about Resident Evil Five, which is more of the same with Resident Evil Four, but now you've got co op, which makes it actually fun. But they, for whatever reason, have the shitty split screen settings. You where don't, I mean, 
Well, no, I'm talking about where it leaves like uh, like a total of almost half your screen unfilled. Like, it just has black. I feel like there was some kind of excuse they had to do that. Right. I don't know if it was like performance-wise. Right. Or what. But yeah, it had to have been something along those lines. It's hard to work with, but like, I don't know, you could get used to it. I played it quite a bit like that. Oh, yeah, I mean, you and I had a recent bout with uh, Resident Evil 5 not too long ago. Oh, yeah. I yeah, about that. and I think we played all the way to the end. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, I played through the whole fucking thing with my brother. I think that you had played through with your brother and then also a friend or something like that. Oh, yeah, me and my friends play that game a lot. Yeah, and they had also, they kept up the trend that Resident Evil 4 had with Mercenaries, and they I had really, brought um, in... If we're talking about Resident Evil 5 a little bit, just quick aside, I really wish I could have seen the game that Resident Evil 5 was going to be before they decided to make it a co-op game. Right, yeah, because uh, some of the really trailers like and stuff like, like that were actually pretty fucking terrifying. Watching Chris run around, and, like, like, they had, like a trying lot to hide. Enemies. It actually looked like hordes of enemies. Go like see like go watch like the old trailers for Resident Evil Five, and like it's hard not to like just dream about what that game would have been. Because Chris looks terrified, and he's like hiding. Like the enemies are like way more like cunning and like. They're, like, uh, people. Yeah. They're not, like, jobbers. I remember just seeing, like, where they just, like, run, just trying like, tackle Chris and, like, just, like, getting attacked by these mobs of enemies. Yeah. It looked really good. It looked fucking terrifying. And, like, you had, like, a... They kind of briefly touched on it with Resident Evil 5, but, like, you had, like, a... Like, a Chris Redfield who was just, like, really tired. Mm-hmm. And, like, just really, like... It's like, why am I still doing this? Like... Like, oh yeah, I'm, yeah. He's just like mentally breaking down. And of course, very important fact. Uh, I think while they, I have it, I think on they mind. probably were gonna have like Jill, uh, Jill Valentine killed off. I think they wanted to start that game off with Jill being with, like, killed, the, like, with Sheva fight. Alomar taking the. I don't even know Sheva. I think they added Sheva like late in development. Yeah. Like, uh, okay. Later. So you're talking about like Chris having been like feeling dejected and like a failure because Jill is straight up Jill dead. Is dead, and like. Chris is, like, working for the BSAA, and, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been really cool. Right. I feel like they were, if they if they would continue with that, I feel like they could have had, like, another Resident Evil 4. Right. I liked Resident Evil 5. I'm not going to shit on what it actually is, but it's hard to, like, watch those trailers and just not be like, oh, man. like Wonder what you could have had. Yeah. And, like, while I have it in mind, very important note is that Resident Evil 5 had nothing to do with Shinji Mikami at all. Yeah. It's a completely different team. <laughs> I, just, I just had to get that out there. Yeah, it's, uh, he had nothing to do with it, but we are talking about the legacy of his games, what they turned out to be we had already touched on dino crisis talking about do we want to talk about resident evil 6 we don't have to talk about the rest of dino crisis i am going to talk about resident evil as it was like that's his jewel that's his crown jewel that's what made him him that's why people give a fuck about who he is right so talking about resident evil 5 in that it had a very fun uh co-op it continued the trend having the mercenary mode uh though it didn't have as many cool fun characters until you know, you start getting. I think that you could get Joshua Stone. Then got Joshua Stone. I think that Stone. was probably in the uh, DLC. Yep, you had to get the DLC, and then you had uh, the two different versions of Jill, the BSAA Jill, and then uh, the fucking Jill with the uh, thing removed from her chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, that Jill. Not even sure if I can't like even remember Sheva, if you could. Then like red Dance little red Club. riding. Yeah. Yep, you had a uh, fucking what I like to call Rihanna Sheva and little yeah. red riding hood Sheva. 
Chris, uh, fucking Road Warrior Chris with the triple barrel fucking Hydra shotgun yeah. and the tire shoulder pad and all that shit. You had Heavy Metal Chris, who was a full metal armor with a big fucking uh, Gatling gun. Yeah, that's, that's Road Warrior Chris. No, Road Warrior Chris has the triple barrel shotgun and he's got the belt going across with the shoulder pad. Yeah, Heavy Metal Chris has the heavy metal armor with the Gatling gun with the backpack full of ammo. I guarantee you, sir. Okay. <laughs> I I uh, I I know this for a fact. Uh, so you had you had several different characters. Uh, wait, uh, there was Tribal Sheva. Yeah, there yeah. was Tribal Sheva, and she had an I arrow. Think, uh, I think Rihanna Sheva was the DLC. Yep. Uh, there was, no, there was like Secretary Sheva. Oh yeah, that was actually supposed to be kind of, uh, uh, Hunnigan. Hunnigan. Yeah, I was thinking. Cunningham, and then I was like, "Hunting, Honeyham," <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, never mind." I'm just thinking about that booty, but yeah, no, Hunnigan. It's she was modeled after Hunnigan's uh, character model. Probably, yeah. yeah. Like she had the red glasses, she had the ponytail pulled back, etc. But yeah, so they they didn't have super cool characters like Leon S. Kennedy or Ada. No Krauser, no Hunk. I don't think. I can't remember. I don't think you could play as Hunk though. I think, I think Krauser was in Mercenaries. No. Not in 5. Not in 5. Uh, I had a 3DS Mercenaries. Uh, Barry Burton. Yeah, he was DLC. Yeah, and uh, Barry Burton has the coolest fucking finisher in that entire Mercenaries mode. Miranda Wrights. Where you fucking get somebody on the ground, and then he just pulls out his big-ass Barry Burton 44. <laughs> and just... I'm just like, no, it's a 50 caliber. Yeah, it's a 50 caliber Desert Eagle. And he just puts it up to their dome and just pff, fucking blows their brains out. Like the cops do. Yeah. Miranda writes. Yeah. <laughs> Scathing critique. Oh, no. The American military. Which is really bad when you think about Resident Evil 5 settings. So, mm-hmm. moving on from Resident Evil 5, we got Resident Evil 6. As a lot of people can remember, the uh, the cover that looks like a giraffe making Sucking a girl. Yeah. Or making someone suck its dick. Yeah, you gotta... It's the head is up here. And then there's definitely, like, a body going in. <laughs> Just suck the giraffe dong. And, uh... Let's talk about that game for a little bit. I, uh... I just went off on a spiel about five. Yeah. I'll give you the helm on six. You can tackle that monster. Yeah, yeah. The last time we played, how far did we get on what? We, we finished... We finished Leon's. Leon so. and Helena? Yeah, Leon and Helena's story. And then... That is one of how many playthroughs that you can do with this game? Four. Four playthroughs. Starts out with three, but then you unlock eight is. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, yeah. It had a lot of... It had, it had some cool shit. I did like that Um, if you're playing like... Oh, yeah, you could also play as Rebecca Chambers in Mercenary Mode in Resident Evil 5. Sorry. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a DLC. Um, you could... Uh, there was like... Three campaigns, mm-hmm. uh, Chris and Pierce. Pierce, yeah, bro, Leon and bro buddy Pierce. Leon and Helena, and then uh, Sherry and Jake. Who are characters that have pretty much not fuck all to do with the Resident Evil series other than Sherry as a child, yeah. like fucking 15 years prior? Yeah, well... Maybe yeah. closer to 20 almost? Pretty much. She, she was like taken in by, like, Umbrella or, like, the government or something. And that was, uh, William Birkin's daughter from Resident Evil 2? 
Cause yeah, they wanted to study her because she had like the G virus, like cure inside of her. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil story gets a little convoluted around six. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just well, it gets pretty convoluted around the time that you're punching boulders and you've got guys in giant tribal masks falling out of rooftops, going wobble wobble, and smack, <laughs> <laughs> and then smacking you with a pole. Yeah. That's about the time that Resident Evil starts getting real convoluted. Yeah. When they started like taking on like. A little too much influence from the movies. And by uh, a, a little too much influence from the movies is any influence. I was going to say, it, we're not talking about it like it's salt. We're talking about it like it's sulfuric acid. Yeah, like, <laughs> How much sulfuric acid do you want on your uh, ham sandwich today, Brent? Uh, I prefer none, you know? Like, I, I don't... I'm catching two tablespoons? Yeah. Like, two tablespoons? Go. Yeah, it's That's like, what I'm hearing. I could talk shit about Resident Evil 6, but like, I platinum trophy to that game. <laughs> I had a good time. I had a good time. Fuck you. And like, well, see, that's just it. Is that I, I've always had like the same um, philosophy in gaming. That's a shitty game. That is co-op is now an all right game. Yeah. An all right game with co-op is a good game, and a good game with co-op is amazing. Uh huh. Like they 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 like leaps and bounds. Like, uh, I I still I still have fun with it. You know like. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what to say. You know, like, the story... Playing through, like... The story was awful. Yeah. And it was full of quick-time events. It had, it had some fun parts, kind of. <laughs> but, like... Yeah, you no longer had... It did a, all that annoying shit, like... Resident Evil 5 and 6, they got, got rid like, of, like... set PC. Yep. It's like, oh, I know you're trying to run around and do stuff, but we're gonna take your camera away from you and yeah. zoom in on something. Yeah. It's like, could you not? Yeah. Like, I've seen this, like, a hundred times... I didn't want to see it the first time. I, don't, I didn't need you to take my eyes and glue them onto this. Yeah, exactly. Like, there are many other it's things. It's like they, they, they really tried too hard to make an action movie. They tried to appeal to too much and kind of didn't appeal to anything. No. And then every storyline, like, there was some cool shit going on here and there. Ada looked really good. Ada looked really good. You had some pretty interesting boss fights here and there. The uh, strange T Rex thing. Yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. Uh, Ustanak. Do you remember Ustanak? Oh, I sure do. Yeah. Ustanak, yeah. Yeah, I always call them Hoobastank. The, you, you need, when you're writing a story, you need to find the Hoobastank, the What Bastank, and the How Bastank, <laughs> and the Where Bastank, <laughs> and the Why Bastank. <laughs> uh, yeah, that game um, was not great. Was not great. Yeah, I find it hard to defend, even though like I played it quite a bit. I like I like you the also mercenaries. had very yeah mercenaries mode was pretty cool until you get to like parts where you have like a lot of insta kill enemies going around and like only one en- uh you know uh, weapon or item kills said insta kill enemies very easily. Like uh, I can't remember what the fuck they're called. But, uh... I think of those, like, fleshy monsters that yeah, come out the of the zombies. Yeah, super fucking... I can't remember what they were called either, but... What that you had to do, ruined us a couple times when we went back to play, and we were... what you had to do. Yeah. they go for their lunge, that, like... Yeah, you much, fucking... You have to, like, wait for that very small window where you can, like, counterattack them. Yep. Because that, like, insta-kills them. Yep, you can insta-kill them, but yeah. I got to the point where I... I think there was, like, a, a 
like a, a perk you can take with you that like increased the window and made those easier mm-hmm. or made those stronger that would which would then let you insta kill them with that which you're bringing up perks let's sidestep <laughs> away from the main series and talk about revelations yeah because revelations was really fantastic yeah no, revelations no. was a super fun co-op uh game series revelations one and two are <laughs> one, one and, and two are really good yeah um the first Revelations made me buy a 3DS. Yeah. Because, like, it was 2012, Resident Evil 6 was, like, around the corner, and, like, I, uh, wanted, I wanted more Resident Evil. I was, I, I just mm-hmm. played through Resident Evil 5 again, Resident Evil 4, Code Veronica X, fucking Director's Cut 1. Mm-hmm. I was, I was in, the, I was on a Resident Evil kick, so, like, I hear Resident Evil Revelations coming out on the 3DS, and I was like, <sighs> Guess I'm gonna get a 3DS. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. regret it now. I've certainly played a lot, of, a lot of other fun games on that, but mm-hmm. that's what made me take the plunge there. And yeah, I, I pretty much did everything you could in that game. Oh yeah, like played through the story mode. And then you and I played Resident Evil Revelations two together. We didn't finish, but we played, we played we the played game raid mode a lot. Yeah, we played a lot of the raid mode. Uh, that actually, like playing it here at your place, I was like okay, yeah, I need to go buy this game. Yeah. And then, like, I did, and we played a lot of the raid mode, and I got to play as Hunk again, finally, after so many different installments of not being able to fucking play Hunk. Literally, like, you my favorite character. You can Hunk in um, Resident Evil 6, Ada's campaign. Yep. So you just get, like, random agent. Yep. Agent. Which, I was kind of disappointed that they added that. I mean, I guess it's cool that they put, like, a co-op element in. Yeah. But, like, her campaign was originally meant to be solo. Yeah. One, one cool thing that... Never really, I never got it to really work very uh-huh. rarely in Resident Evil 6. Well, there were points in the campaigns where other campaigns would merge with one another. Oh, yeah. Where then the you would characters have, would meet. And then you'd have it would someone search, It would search online. for other people playing that campaign. Yep. And, like, you would both do that part, which is cool, but... Mm. Other people are fucks. Yeah, it's like, okay, this person died, now you gotta reload a checkpoint. Yep. That person fucked up. And, and, like, there wasn't really any benefit to it. No, it was just uh, a gimmick. Yeah. It was fun. I mean, it's It was cool. a fun idea. Yeah, rather. yeah. It's, it, it wasn't fun. It was a fun idea. It didn't always work out. And, like, I I, I would I would set my game, like, like online, look for these sessions. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it'd spend, like, three minutes loading and, like, not going to find anybody. Yeah, because, like, nobody And also was... had, like, where somebody could play as a monster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And try and fuck with your game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some different ideas that they tried out there that didn't really last. Yeah, it didn't really stick. Um, it was kind of, it was, it was a, Thankfully, it didn't Kind of a really, hot mess. Yeah, thankfully, it didn't really stick around. Yeah. Um, and they radically changed it with Resident Evil 7. Yeah, uh, going Which, back after to... After Resident Evil 6, like, Resident Evil 7 was, like, really what they kind of needed to do. I, I, absolutely. They went back to the roots. Edge of the Roots dramatically changed how the game plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, went away from the big martial arts, <laughs> judo, kung fu fighting. Though I will say that some of my favorite fucking things are uh, suplexing suplex someone. Suplex prompts. Yeah, suplex prompts or uh, the neck breaker. Yeah. Oh! Fucking miss a neck breaker, dude. Yeah. Oh. And just like the gangly neck afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, dude, uh, suplex prompts. That's that's how I wish I could get through life. One bad thing about Resident Evil 7, mm-hmm. uh, not a lot of enemy variety. Mm-hmm. And then, like, 
Not enough of, like, the family. Not enough of, like, the truly scary, scary, scary thing yeah. in the game. I, like, I pretty much played through that game in, like, one night. Because it had you. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I don't regret Like, I, I wish I played through it in VR the first time. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, like, Resident Evil 7, like, it's really good. Kind of a disappointing, like, final act. Mm-hmm. But... It kind of fizzles out, does it? Kind of. Just with, like... Did you play the DLC that had come out for it? I did not play the DLC. Oh, I played some of them. Okay. There were, like, some, like, little, like, side chapters, and there was, like, a fun game. It was, like, uh... I can't remember the dad, the father's name in the family, but, like, he has, like, a birthday party, like, Jack's birthday party. Fuck that, dude. <laughs> you have to, like, run around certain areas of, like, the house uh, finding food, and you have to, like, bring the food to him and <laughs> feed him. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's really stupid, and all, like, the monsters wear, like, party hats. It's, it's like, a goofy take, and there was, like, a one where they play, like, before like the main story where like uh-huh. there's a character named Zoe who's like she kind of guides you like mm-hmm. the, your main protagonist in Resident Evil 7 you play she's like a she's like the daughter she's one of the daughter like the daughter of the family uh-huh. and she's like yeah like you met my father he'll be back he's he's looking for you <laughs> like I'll tell oh, you that right good. now like yeah. what you need to do is like go find the key go, go do all this like she'd mm-hmm. tell you where to go um you play as her when shit goes downhill for the family. Oh. What happens... From her perspective. Yeah, like, what fucked these people up. Yeah. And then there's, like, end of Zoe, and then, like, where you play... Spoiler alert, uh, Mm -hmm. Chris Redfield comes into play. I had saw... I had seen that, um, when, uh, some DLC dropped last spring. And they were like, like, yeah, sorry... Yeah. When, uh, cause I hadn't, I still have yet to, to play it. Cause I'm kind of thinking about waiting until I just pick up a PSVR before you, I play you it. You absolutely should. Don't play Resident Evil 7 until you get the VR headset. But yeah, I'd seen the, seen the ad for the, uh, Chris Redfield DLC. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I haven't touched it yet. I don't know why. I mean, like, I, I think I have it. Huh. Cause like, I think I bought like the season pass or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there back. is a gold edition of the game out now where yeah. it has everything. Yeah, which is probably what you should buy if you're going to get that now. And it's probably $30. Probably. Probably less money than what I paid for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like End of Zoe DLC where like you, it's like what happens to Zoe after the main events of the game. Oh, like an epilogue? Yeah. And I think you play like some other like random character who I... I don't know. Don't know fuck all about. Don't know. We're still talking about Shinji Mikami. <laughs> well, yeah, we had to talk about how his legacy. Off to the yeah. Evil series. Exactly. So, yeah, we covered pretty much all the ones that. Yeah, I mean, we're right uh, up until where we skip are presently. Over the, uh, Umbrella Chronicles and Dark, Dark Side, Side Chronicles. Chronicles. You don't need to talk. I Fun mean, shooter derivative kind of. Yeah, for the Wii, if you had a shooter like the Wii shooter, um, Zapper. Sorry. Um, not sorry, I guess. The Fuck Wii, you. The, the Wii, the last way to play, like, light gun shooters. Yeah, probably. Unless, um, you know, you talk about, like, having the, uh, PSVR handgun or rifle. You need the move. Yeah, so, uh, in closing on that whole bit, we just wanted to talk about where Mikami's legacy had run to. 
So he's he planted the seeds, and he did a couple games, and then it continued for like a decade mm-hmm. without him. Like that's how powerful that was. But going back to the man. He had famously stated that he would cut his own head off if Resident Evil 4, uh, which had been developed exclusively for the Nintendo GameCube, ended up on any other platform. Which, as you can tell from the whole talk about the legacy of all of his games went, um, that definitely happened. Now, when he's talking about cutting one's head off, it means quitting one's job in Japanese slang. When his company Capcom indeed decided to port the game to PlayStation 2, he apologized to game's fans and then later quit Capcom to start his own company, Clover Studio. Clover is, of course, of Okami and God Hand fame, as well as Hideki Kamiya fame. Uh, And this had some members splinter off into Seeds Incorporated, which would later help form Platinum Games. The company had fallen apart after Kami and Mikami left, causing Capcom to shut it down in 2006. There are many complaints that over 80% of the games developed by Clover should be sequels to previous games, which was usually teetering towards 100%, actually. So very hard yeah, and was not just, putting out any... They didn't any... want to make sequels? No, they only wanted to make sequels. Oh. These should be only sequels. Yeah. You cannot make anything independent. That's what. That's what they... It was like, I was actually coming from Kamiya, Mikami, and Capcom. But like, more from Capcom top execs. So Capcom wanted them to make sequels. Yes. But they... You're supposed to be a sequel uh, machine. Yeah, but they wanted... You're Ubisoft Montreal. They kind of wanted to do their own thing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's that's what I was trying to get at. And uh, so like... You know, they were getting pressed by Hideki and... uh, Hideki and Kami. Hideki and Mikami... Because they were being pressured by Capcom execs. And finally they're like, okay, fuck this shit. And so a whole bunch of them had splintered off into Seeds Incorporated. They formed with another uh, division and they end up creating Platinum Games, which of course that's all Hideki Kamiya. Shinji Mikami. Well, no, there's, there's a lot of other people. Oh yeah. There's like that's like, that's some Hideki Kamiya <laughs> shit right there. Yeah, like, um, that's, that's your jelly to your peanut butter. I read an article... A while back, that they're they're looking to make their own, like like publish their own game, like develop and publish their own game. So I'm guessing like pretty much complete creative freedom because mm-hmm. Platinum up to this point it's kind of been like like yeah they made Bayonetta but that was for Sega, yeah, uh, the first one at least. Um, Wonderful 101 for Nintendo, Vanquish, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. They never really got to make their own game, or they made like. Legend of Korra. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Transformers Devastation. Which is fucking awesome. Yeah, that game was fucking great. I don't even give a shit about Transformers, but then I was playing that game, and I was just like, yeah, fuck yeah, Transformers. Hell yeah. Let's and then come. we'd already previously talked about Vanquish. And there was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game they made. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I remember here wasn't super good, but... Eh, you can't win them all, you know? Yeah. And Legend of Korra wasn't great, but... It was fine for what Did I... they do uh, that Gundam game? I don't think so. I think that... Okay. I was probably... I'm probably oh, thinking yeah. of like... I'm getting. A, I'm forgetting a big one for Platinum recently. Nier Automata. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, Nier Automata. I forget. Wow. That's a kick in the dick. I mean, that's a good... 
it feels like a Square Enix game, but it's like got the backbone and like skeleton of a platinum game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hideki Kamiya just like winking, giving the okay sign next to that booty. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he had anything to do with it, but like. But he like it though. He like it though. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> I like that booty. <laughs>